Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. I don't think either one of us expected that this relationship wouldn't have its critics. I think we're both used to, I'm more used to critics than he is. Um, (laughs) Might be 50-50 then. But but we, you know what? The critics or the negativity over overwhelm the chance to do something really positive. That was sort of both our views. Is that yeah, we know there'll be people who criticize, but we'll do the work, we'll succeed, and we'll make a difference. NFL announcing a deal with Rock Nation. That was NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell saying he's more used to critics than Jay Z. Jay-Z saying uh, this is the next phase. There are two parts of protest, and you go outside and you protest, and then the company or individual says, I hear you, what do we do next? So what are we going to do? You know what I'm saying? Help millions and millions of people, or we get stuck on Colin, Colin Kaepernick, not having a job. Who's criticizing Jay-Z? He had a great summer. He brought in Conley. He signed Bogdanovich. Fortified the bench with veterans. Different Jay-Z. Only Jay-Z I care about. Who's his bae? Eric Reed. Oh, man, he's just criticizing Jay-Z big time. Man. They can't both have... They can both happen at the same time, speaking of affecting social change and Kaepernick being employed. They aren't mutually exclusive. Both happen at the same time. It looks like your goal was to make millions and millions of dollars by assisting the NFL in burying Collins' career. Such a hot-button issue. I mean, yesterday Popovich was supporting Kaepernick. Popovich better be on the line today. A bunch of Philadelphia, Philadelphia police officers were shot. That's injustice. He'll be on the line. Come on, Popovich. I got to hear what you have to say. The baseline. My Team USA. My world revolves around your opinions. The NFL Players Association. You multi-millionaire. The NFL Players Association has issued a work stoppage guide to its players to help them prepare in case of a strike or lockout following the 2020 season. Continue to negotiate with the NFL on a new collective bargaining agreement. That's the only way Kyler Murray is going to be stopped. That gives him two years to dominate before he gets a break. They're playing tonight. I thought that's what we were leading with. Who cares about his off-the-field Jay-Z? I want Kyler. You got a ball game tonight. That's all I care about. You got Arizona and Vegas separated by only five hours. Two grudge match teams going up against each other. Don't bother me at 8 o'clock. Raiders and Cardinals on ESPN. 6 o'clock, I'm watching a replay of RSL. 8 o'clock, I'm watching Kyler. Okay, well, it says here the Raiders and Cardinals start at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. Right, so I tape it because I'll be playing golf. So I tape the soccer, and then I have the football. Good save. What are you talking about, man? I know exactly how my night is planned. I'm going to name my firstborn Kyler. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Ohio State, formerly known as the Ohio State University, is seeking a trademark on the word 
the. They want to use them in clothing and hats. U.S. Patent and Trademark Office is the final. was made Thursday. Ohio State previously trademarked the names and likenesses of football coaches Woody Hayes and Urban Meyer, as well as phrases like script Ohio and the shoe. Now they're going to own the word the. Well, they already own the market on getting tattoos for free. So they might as well own this one, too. Their rivals, the Michigan Wolverines, immediately some of their fans were having fun on Twitter. Well, their own Twitter handle. The official Twitter yeah. handle got in on it. Uh, use, uh, trademark the word of, of University of Michigan. The. You want to buy a hat with the word the on it? Go to the House State Books. Uh, as long as I can put preceding it the letter F. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Oh, it's an L.A. kind of grudge match there, PK. The Clippers close to a deal with Tyron Lue to become the top assistant on Doc Rivers' staff. Of course, he had been, Tyron Lue had been considered the top candidate for the Lakers head coaching position earlier this summer before negotiations broke down. There's 29 other teams, and he's got to go to the one in the same building. Not even the cross-town rivals. The same building rivals. Well, I'm telling you, doc, 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 doc on heaven's door. Grudge match. L.A. catfight. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green says the talk of the Warriors missing next year's playoffs is, quote, crazy, close quote. I would agree with that. I didn't know there was any talk of that, though. Of course, it's August, and the NBA is not on my radar in August. Draymond Green says, I've heard people say we're not going to make the playoffs. That's crazy to me. Well, that's like letter carrier. Somebody in Portland, Maine used to say something, and all of a sudden his ears would grow. When it would get time to the playoffs, he would use it for motivation to go out and kick butt. So, I mean, there's some... Clearly what he is doing. In today's world, somebody is always going to say something. Stay on Twitter long enough, you'll find it, whatever it is you're looking for. He says, I mean, that's just like, that's total disrespect. That no different than the disrespect we've all been getting for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I know. People you know, have been disrespecting them being forever. the underdog, it's been a while since we've been the underdog. But it brings the underdog chip back, and I miss that chip. I'm pretty sure Steph missed that chip. And some of the stuff Clay been texting me this summer, I'm positive he misses the chip. Mm-hmm. So to the odds makers, thanks. You got me where I am today. I look forward to it. The best thing is they don't miss again. those multi-million dollar paychecks on a first and 15th. You Catching. Miss, miss the chips all you want. Whatever works for you. If that gets you fired up, I'm fine with it. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Attorneys representing lawyer Michael Avenatti filed a court motion on Wednesday that alleges that a Nike employee at least approved under-the-table payments to former Duke star Zion Williamson and ex-Indiana star Romeo Langford when they were still in high school in February of 2017. The alleged offers, $35,000 or more for Williamson, $20,000 for Langford, were purportedly discovered among text messages, emails, and other documents from 2016 and 17, proving that Nike executives had arranged for and concealed payments, often in cash, to amateur basketball players and their families and handlers, according to a motion filed in U.S. District Court in New York. Yeah. Yeah. I already know it's out there. I've been telling you it's out there for years. And there it is. 
didn't really make sense that all this wiretap stuff would go down with one shoe and apparel company and other shoe and apparel companies that had big time athletes weren't doing it too. I just gloss over it. I was on the inside of college basketball for years. I already told you. I told you a decade ago. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Swing and a drive. Left field. And it is gone. Oh, did he need that? Oh, did the Rockies need that? A touch of all time. Walk off winner. No, not a two-run homer for Colorado. You can just hear the announcer's voice there. It just made you cringe, didn't it? Oh, broke feel, my heart. Feel the hair still. But I knew they were going to do the Diamondbacks are going to lose. You did. Because they, they haven't had a three-game winning streak all year. You meant to look that up, but you distract yourself 20 times in the next three minutes. No, I did look it up, and they have had a three-game winning streak. Not since the All-Star break. No, but right. you said this year. Yeah, but, but the, not all, since the, the All-Star, All-Star break. break is when it starts, really. It's like the, you don't start a playoff series till the visiting team wins. You don't start the MLB season until the All-Star break. Anybody inside the game would know that. The Diamondbacks are still a game under 500, which means... No, they're not. They're a game over. Excuse me, a game over 500, which means they're still owed another defeat. Well, no, they'll win tonight. But then they'll lose the next two. Aha! Oh, there it is. All right. So don't aim for 61 and 61. But don't worry. You'll get to 62 and 62. They haven't been three games over 500 all year. One day, PK. Keep hope alive. One day. I knew they were going to lose. They they got out to a 2-0 start. Then they got out to a 5-2 start. And I said, no, I'm not falling for it. They're going to lose. <laughs> You're not buying it. Then it was 5-5. Then they scratched across the run in the top of the ninth. Said, no, I'm not buying it. I, I know they're going to lose. And sure enough, they did. Trying to get to the wild card. It's a, a big old log jam in the National League. The Cubs got hammered by the Phillies. Gave everybody a little hope, I guess. 11-1 there at the Phillies. So I was driving to work yesterday. On Bryce Harper went deep twice. And I saw a license plates, CUBS 016. Cubs 2016. The World Championship season. The magic yeah. year. The year the curse died. That's a cool license plate if you're a diehard Cubs fan. I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't mind that if I was a big time Cubs fan. I'd get that. That'd be that'd be pretty sweet. I mean there's gonna be a lot of I think that a, a great license plate would be U R O S E nineteen. Say it again. U. Uh huh. R O S E nineteen. Earth nineteen. Utah Rose Bowl nineteen. Ah. U. R again. R O. S-E-19. It, it gonna happen. <laughs> Mark it down. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag RSL. RSL shuts out the Seattle Sounders. Not only didn't allow a goal, didn't even allow a shot on goal. Goals from Sam Johnson, Corey Baird, and Albert Rusnak. Dominating performance, PK. Almost too good to be true. Three 0 the final. I know. I could just. I sensed it in your voice last night. You were so happy. 
RSL now tied for third in the Western Conference with the big dog, LAFC. Uh, and who's coming in? First place by a mile coming in Saturday night. <laughs> Man, you I can just see it in your countenance. My countenance? That's a big Started word. Monday when you got the call. Boom! I gotta go. I didn't actually have to go. <laughs> but you, I know, but you did. <laughs> I went home. <laughs> I ate. Well, not during the show you didn't. <laughs> Come on, it's okay to it. But you're busted. I told that story to Gordon last night. He laughed. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is your world, and they're looking great now. They are. Freddie G. Juarez is kicking butt. Six and one with uh, three ties. Oh yeah. Since the Gold Cup break. Oh, that's all they needed. Three zero and one since, every year. You just judge it from over. the Gold Cup break, and away they go. <laughs> that's it. It's treated like the baseball star break. Yeah. Look at the parallels. All right, LAFC, Saturday night. Best team in the league coming to town. DJ and PK. Golf. Second round of the FedEx Cup playoffs this weekend. It's the BMW Championship. Top 75 players competing to advance to the Tour Championship next week. Tony Finau tee off with his first round at 9-10 this morning. And David Faraday will be joining us to talk golf. NBC and Golf Channel host and commentator will be here in about 15 minutes. He'll be joining us. Does a little stand-up on the side, PK, and he's going to be at Kingsbury Hall coming up, so he'll tell us about that. That's What's Trending, and What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. When we come back, David Faraday. Stay with us. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Major League Baseball, the Athletics beat the Giants. Matt Chapman going yard twice to lead Oakland to the 9-5 win. Clayton Kershaw picks up his 12th victory of the season as the Dodgers beat the Marlins 9-1. Albert Pujols sets the Major League Baseball mark for hits by a foreign-born player, 3,167, passing Adrian Beltre as the Angels beat the Pirates 7-4. The Bees open a home series against El Paso tonight. Smith's Ballpark, 7 o'clock. Get your tickets at slbees.com or listen to the game here on the Zone Sports Network. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle services, detail oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport with the best rewards program in Utah. It's the only airport valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road. That's Diamond Airport Parking. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Somebody has just spent $67,505 for a pair of courtside seats. I can't even think of an event I'd spend $8,000 uh, for. All right, $8,000, front row at a concert, Neil spends the night at your house, and we'll sing a song anytime you ask him. Like at 2 a.m., you could wake him up. Yep. He's sleeping in Rock's room. I'd spend twenty four grand. I guarantee you I'd wake him up every 20 minutes. I'd be like, hey, Neil, let's roll. It's not sleep time. Nil. Let's make song time. I would slap him across the face. I'd be like, 24 grand says that you're mine. Now sing I Am I Sin. Am I 
Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Master Electrical Services. And Master Electrical will light up your day. Give us a call at 801-543-2222. We'll be right on our way. That's 801-543-2222. A Little League coach has complained that another team stole his signs, costing them a chance at the Little League World Series. Fair or foul? You outraged watching this, PK? We just shrug it off. I saw it, thought it was interesting. I didn't watch it. Stealing signs is an ancient art. What's wrong with that? Because it's Little League. It's supposed to be about fairness, justice, those types of things. It's baseball. If you can figure out a fastball's coming, great. Fair. So I guess at 11 and 12, the only thing that matters is winning and by any way possible. (laughs) It's acceptable. Uh, no, I don't think you get to use electronics when you steal signs and all that. But if a base coach or runner or second base does it, uh, that's fine. I think if you have parents out there with binoculars in the outfield, then I'd go foul ball. Okay, so if you do it the traditional way, then... But if a player in the game does it, that's fine. It's a coach. It's not a player. That's the whole the coach, point. If the coach at, at first or third base can see it. It's an adult taking advantage of a child. That's yes. The, that's the point. So you don't have any problem in this circumstance. No, I think the other coach can tell them how to, you know, protect the signs. Or how to change the signs up. Teach them how to play the game. I know that, you'd do it if you saw that. That's how you teach them to play the game? That's, that's part of the game at the Little League level? Here's the glove. You can use to hide it. Okay, now change it up. You can cross them up. So you don't have any problem with cheating at Little League? Kevin does. Definitely a foul. Throw cheaters out of the league with a lifetime ban. A lifetime ban? Well, they're going to age out of the thing in the next year anyway. (laughs) So their age, unless you're Danny Almonte, will provide you with a lifetime ban. Danny Almonte, well done. Good pull. So uh, I was watching, which I think publicizing or televising a Little League World Series is the worst thing they can do. I think it's so stupid to do that. Drives me nuts every year. But I was watching New Jersey playing New York, flicking around on a Saturday, and the one kid for Jersey, uh, Elizabeth, New Jersey, which is a heavily minority area along the waterfront there down by Nork, uh, 5'11", 200 pounds. (laughs) That is a big, big sixth grader right there. Does he hit dingers, as the kid last year said? He's pitching. Uh, and I, I just flicked on it, and you could see the kid was enormous, and they were up by like 10 runs, so I didn't really watch it. I just saw it, saw the kid. They put his uh, measurements on the t- on the television, and I, f- I went on my way. So I assume he hits home runs, but he was pitching at the time. Uh, so I mean, those who have the bigger kids at that age, and and. It just always cracks me up because you look at the parents and they think, yeah, my kid's going to make it. <laughs> you just see it and they're all caught up. It's it's like the parents of uh, the college quarterback. You can see it. I mean, I've seen it a dime a dozen, you know, whoever they may be, and uh, they just prance around like there's something special. I'm sure if I ever had that, I would have done the exact same thing. Uh, but I didn't. And so that was something you can always notice here. But, you know, cheating with 
with Little League. Man, that, that's rough. Brian asks, does Belichick coach Little League Baseball too? I'm going to go ahead and assume Brian doesn't like it. Shane says, the sky's blue. If you don't like it, then be more careful. Been going on since the beginning of baseball or any other sport. So if you get the signs in T-ball, that's okay? <laughs> there are signs in T-ball? He's trying to get the kids to run to the right base in T-ball. I don't know about your kid, but my kid was well prepared when it was time to play T-ball. <laughs> he knew how to make, if he hit a double, to arch it so he can step on the inside of the base and get to second in the shortest distance possible. All about the fundamentals. Yes. That's teaching him about the game. DJ, PK, and David Faraday, NBC Golf Channel uh, host and commentator, joins us now. He is uh, coming to town. He's also got a stand-up routine, and he is coming to town to Kingsbury Hall. He joins us right now on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. David, good morning. Good morning, man. Hi, Ari. We are doing quite well. So, when did you decide to uh, branch out? Because uh, we've all heard you uh, on the golf course, and you're funny during broadcasts. Yeah. And we've seen your golf channel show, and now you're doing, doing stand-up as well. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how it happened. Uh, I was in Canada about five years ago doing a, a corporate engagement, um, you know, which is essentially the same thing, but an hour shorter. Um, in, in front of less people, there was a promoter there, and uh, he said, "Hey, you should do this, uh, you know, in theaters." And uh, we gave it a try, and it's been going five years. So, the content of your show—how much is it involving golf, or is it all about the funny stuff that you know in golf? No, it's it might be uh, sort of forty percent golf, something like that. But the rest of it is is, is stand up, you know, uh, and uh, storytelling. Um, you know, I make no bones about it. I tell other people's stories, uh, but they're uh, stories that if I don't tell them, they'll die. You know, from men like Ken Venturi and, uh, you know, Arnold Palmer. Uh, it's, uh, you know, stories that were in black and white, you know, back when cigarettes were good for you. Things <laughs> like that. David Faraday, live off tour, is coming to Kingsbury Hall on August 27th. Do you find you need to do stuff like this to just kind of keep things fresh and interesting in your life as opposed to not that commentating on golf is awful or anything, but, eh, you know, it kind of could get routine and get boring to just kind of mix it up and keep things interesting? Yeah, um, I, I do. I mean, both both sides of the career are interesting, that's for sure. But comedy is... Uh, you know, comedy's difficult. Uh, you, you know, you get handed a microphone uh, and, uh, you know, you go out and, and be funny in front of a thousand people for, for two hours. It's kind of intimidating. Um, you know, so when I get through it, uh, you know, I'm very jumpy for the shows. You know, once I get into it and I feel like I've uh, it's tremendously satisfying feeling that you've got an audience in the palm of your hand, you know. Being from where you're from in Northern Ireland, what did the British Open mean to you? Oh, it was uh, it was extraordinary. Uh, you know, the, the people, uh, all the people of Northern Ireland were so grateful, um, and I think it was reflected in the in the atmosphere um, that, that was around it all week. It was just amazing. I uh, and I didn't believe I'd see it in my lifetime, with uh, you know the troubles that we've had there. Um, you know, so it was uh, you know emotional uh, as well as. You know, spectacular, if you like. 
You know, we all watch majors now, and everybody got spoiled by Tiger. So some golfer comes in and wins a third, a fourth major at a young age, and it doesn't really matter who it is, if it's Spieth or McElroy or Kepka. And we're all waiting for him to go to six, to eight, to ten. What should the realistic, I mean, fans realistically, what should we expect of these guys who've accomplished so much at an early age? I'm, I'm sorry, what, what do I expect of them? What, yeah, what should fans expect of these guys who've accomplished a lot at an early age? You know, the, the, these kids, uh, it, it's more difficult to win majors these days than, than it was back when I played. And, you know, it was uh, more difficult when I played than it was back, you know, in the 60s and 70s. There's just the, the talent out there is uh, uh, the strength and depth is there uh, that uh, that wasn't, you know, back 50, 60 years ago. So when you look at what Tiger did, you know, winning 15 of them, um, you know, that's uh, that's such an amazing accomplishment. And, you know, anybody who won a major in the Tiger Woods era, it's, that was like winning two because you had to beat him as well. So, uh, you know, the, this is the best golf I've ever seen, uh, what we're, we're watching now. It's just the evolution of the species. I'm wondering, David, if you almost think that it's a, it's an undue burden to win a major so early, because we look at somebody like Spieth and then uh, McElroy, and because Tiger has set the standard in this generation or this era post-Jack, it's like these guys, if they do it by X amount of uh, majors or whatever, by 24, 25, it's like we're expecting them to really take off. And it seems like, and you would know this far better than I would, it's like these guys are getting caught up in trying to achieve something because they've already achieved it, and now they have the pressure to build upon it. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I think you're right. With Spieth, uh, you know, is, is a good example of it. You know, he, he's a victim of his own first season. Um, you know, people have such high expectations of him. And, uh, you know, this that, that was the season of a lifetime. You know, it's difficult to follow that up. Uh, with uh, with anything spectacular because you've been so good the year before, and uh, with Jordan it's just a magic matter of confidence. Uh, you know, it's, it's between the ears uh, as it is for uh, for all of us out there. David Faraday joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So I'm wondering as the money gets big and the pressure gets big and all these guys are dealing with social media. Things, for lack of a better word, can get kind of corporate, kind of buttoned up. Now you're yeah. out on you're out yeah. on you're out on tour telling these stories that, as you said, you know, if you don't tell them, they die, right? Some of these stories, 40, 60, yeah. 70 years old. Are those stories getting created now, or are these guys got to be so careful that, in a way, they're kind of missing out? Because even the stories that are funny, goofy, weird, it's part of what makes life charming. Yeah, um, I, I think, uh, you know, with the advent of social media, and there's a camera everywhere and, a, uh, you know, a microphone everywhere. So players are going to be a, a good deal more careful than they were back, you know, even 25, 30 years ago in my playing career. Um, and it's kind of a shame because uh, it does. It sort of knocks the characters down. They're still out there, but, uh, you know, they have to be really in private to, uh, one of the things I like about my show and on uh, you know the Golf Channel show is I get to show people maybe that other side of them. 
David Faraday joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Who are the real characters on tour now that would, uh, you know, you'd like to introduce, it's not and you can't do time travel, but you'd like to introduce to somebody 50 years ago. Who are the characters then and who are the characters now that, you know, we, we don't know because we're not out there rubbing elbows with them the way you do. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I've I've done that in the show, you know, Ricky Filer and, uh, you know, and, and not just, uh, you know, golf stars. Uh, people like John Lester and, uh, you know, just introducing them to each other, you know, is, is kind of cool to watch. But, you know, in terms of golfers from uh, from the past, I would love to see old Tom Morris or somebody come back and, and just to see the ball spin on the green. You know, he would think it was haunted, <laughs> you know, hacking the, the ball around with a, you know, a club and uh, I think it was a badger's testicle stuffed in seagull feathers, what they used to play with. So it would be interesting to bring some of those really old-time players back, you know, to see what the game is played like today. Where do you think is kept? Where do you think Kepka is going with this right now? Boy, I'll tell you what, he's, he's running away and hiding. It's uh, yeah, and I, I don't think anybody can catch him. Uh, I'd be very surprised with the format that they have this week. You know, he shots, he starts uh, at ten under. Um, you know, giving him, uh, you know, some shots over uh, over 72 holes, you know, for the, for most of the field that are, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, ten back. You know, it's uh, it's going to be hard to catch uh, Brooks Kapka, that's for sure. David Faraday joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're coming to Kingsbury Hall and uh, doing your, uh, your stand-up on August 27th. Uh, how do people find tickets for that? Um, just go to FahertyOffTour.com and uh, you'll get uh, all the details. FahertyOffTour.com Well, thanks for a few minutes this morning, David, and uh, good, luck with the, good luck with the show. Yeah, all right. Thanks a lot. Maybe I'll see you guys backstage. All right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> David Faraday. David Faraday joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 in the Zone, talking a little golf and talking about his, uh, his stand-up tour coming through town. Yeah, he's been doing it for five years. I watch his show. Uh, his interviews that he does, I don't know what that show's called, but uh, he sits on there and has some interviews and presents golf in a humorous manner and makes it a little more, uh, I don't know if it's wide-ranging, because I don't know that uh, people who aren't interested in golf would really be interested in watching. It's a little more accessible, though. You get to know people and their sense of humor and interesting backstories. Yeah, and we're seeing it with Phil Mickelson, and he's just been toying with social media now. And he's been putting on a bunch of goofy stuff, and he did that. Phil's firesides, come yeah, on. Yeah, those things. You know, and he did that dance thing, a commercial. Interesting that he does it later. You know, you get these players wearing the heart of their competitive time. Some of them don't really show personality. Like Harpering. He rarely showed personality. In the moment, now he's he's got no problem showing personality went, all the time. Went to extreme lengths to keep everything buttoned up. Yeah, and you know when I was in the middle of it, I'm not so much in the middle of it now, but I used to resent that. But now that I've looked at it, I can see why they do what they do, because there's a small window for them to compete at the highest levels, and if they feel there has to be complete and total concentration on that, and you don't have time for anything else, so be it. And then we've seen a number of it. It's almost to the point of trite. When they get done, they're far more accessible. They're easier. They're more relaxed. They're not competing. I, 
I always said with Majerus, if I talked to him in April, it was completely different as opposed to talking to him in February or March. He was relaxed. It was, it was on time. Yeah, it was on yeah. in February. Yeah. And he was much more cordial and wasn't on edge. I, one, one time, he didn't show up for uh, Selection Sunday because he did some national TV or whatever it was. So, you know, he'd put out a quote, but he said, I'll make myself available on Monday for the local guys. Me and Mike Sorensen used to cover him for the Desert News, although I think he's going to do it now again. And... Uh, so he calls me around uh, 1 o'clock on Monday, and he is just on edge, man. He's biting my head off off everything. I said, what's going on? I'm just asking basic questions. Well, he'd come out with his book, and he had to do a book signing at the campus bookstore, and he anticipated that it would just be – he never had any clue of, of – what was in life around him sometimes. He thought there'd be a few people with a line wrapped around like three times. <laughs> and then he was stuck. Yes. And so oh, he got totally behind stuck. in his preparation. So, man, he was just so fired up and on edge when he called me. And he actually admitted it. He told me. He said that I thought that I would only be there a half hour or something. But the sign for everybody, the line didn't seem like it ever ended because more people kept showing up. And that was at the height of his popularity because that book was post-Final Four. And uh, so it was funny. And if I would have talked to him six weeks later, he would have been mellow and all that stuff. And and I think it's good for golf to have Faraday bring some of these stories out and bring some of these people into a different spot. Because when you see Tiger, it's like, who in the world would think to talk to him? You know, and they get, there's so much downtime and the cameras are right there. So they can get them walking in between shots. And it looked like if you would say boo to Tiger, he'd bite your head off. That was what it looked yeah. like. <laughs> and, you know, I get that because they're competing in the moment. But this this sport, and one of the great things I think Stern did was elevate the personnel, the stars of the league, and put them in the forefront. And not that you really get to know them if they choose not to be known. And and then if they choose to be known, you're really only getting the part of that they choose to expose. Right. So you're really not sure what's going on. But a guy like Shaq was awesome for the league. He wanted to be out there, and he's a funny dude, by and large. And so people were attracted to his stories. Kobe was the big villain. Shaq was the big doofy guy. You know, together they won three titles, right? Uh, but Shaq, if you get more guys like that, that's great. And, even you know, Kobe now is out there a little bit and developing his personality. So if you can do that, I think people want to know about these guys, their stories, because everyone has a story, everyone, and they want to know about it a little bit more. And it, Faraday does it in a great way. Well, you can see him, Kingsbury Hall, and uh, he'll have a bunch of stories. As he says, stories do, uh, they die if he didn't tell them. The Ken Venturi's and the Arnold Palmer stories. Yeah, and, and, and the, you know, there's one thing in this whole interview, and Yak and I were exchanging texts. I, <laughs> It's the difference between you and me. If you ever wanted to sum up the difference between Sniggy and Shangri-La and PK in the streets, here it is. It's part of what makes life charming. Who the hell says it's part of what makes life charming? Charming. Life is charming. 
guys are going to work, busting it, trying to make a living, and you've got life charming. It's part of what makes life charming. What makes life charming, Mr. Shangri-La? Charming. <laughs> you gotta admit, listening, watching him laugh. That that makes I, you that makes you laugh. Looking I, at him laugh. I can't see him. Oh, uh, the glare. Yeah. Oh. Okay. We have to have the window up because the AC's so got it down to like 48 degrees in, for in the here. First hour. Yeah. So just on that, is life charming this morning? Because it is butt freezing cold in here. Something's got to happen to mix it up. Get out of the same boring grind day after day. I don't think we think this is charming now, but one day when we're golfing and one we're not day. doing this anymore, we will laugh about why did they have the air conditioning down at 41 degrees? Holy 41. Cow. There's frost on the window in August. Should we? Bring- it said, I walked in there this morning to put your paperwork in there. Well, San Francisco? It read 56 on the thermometer. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding. You can no. probably look at it right now. I'd probably say it's That was the 50s. first thing I said when I walked in I here this morning. Know. I came in with the UCSB hoodie. It's weird to wear it outdoors. People look at you like, what is I've got long johns on right now. Yeah, you should. Should we bring in a space heater? Because you imagine if it's like this in the winter? I don't really want to think about that. <laughs> it would be negative. At least I'm already dressed for it then. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah. But it's also going to be even colder. Right, because it wouldn't stand Yeah, it, I know. The 30s are coming. Ooh. The 30s are coming. Uh, that doesn't make life charming. I want the rest of the morning. Let's just make life charming. Because I agree with you. Life needs to be charming. It's part of what makes life charming. <laughs> He's pissed. Don't play it. <laughs> I only do as I'm told, okay? Did I push it too far? Own it, Yak. <laughs> I can hear you laughing through the window. I literally cannot see you. There's just this disembodied, crazy laugh coming through the window. So to dump okay. that all on okay. PK. But don't, don't you find that funny when he does that? Not oh, really. Absolutely. Oh, come on. Not really. Not just now, but I'm speaking generally. No. When he's in there giggling like a hyena, you don't find that funny? No, that's not what makes life charming. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what, what does make life charming? I know we're going to do our countdown. We were like 15 days. Uh, no, 14. 14. That's Thursday. You're right. Yeah, yeah. That's Thursday. I had it in my mind that it was Wednesday for some reason. But uh, this is, this is, what's going to make what's going to make life charming this fall? My parents had a VW Bug when I was a little kid. Remember those little bugs, those oh, little sure, beetle yeah. things? Yeah, yeah. And my brother, uh, very recently, I don't know when, found a uh, picture of a photo of a VW Bug. I don't even know uh-huh. the backstory yet. I logged on to Facebook this morning for work, uh-huh. and he had posted this, and his daughter is getting now to the age where she's about ready to drive, and they've been teasing her, this will be the first car. And it looks exactly as I remember that car that my parents had when I was in preschool kindergarten he got her a car that your parents there's a photo of it he's joking that he's gonna buy it i don't think he's bought it but i didn't really have time to read the whole backstory and post anything and find out what was going on but that was kind of charming i hadn't thought of that car since i was well five (laughs) because that's about charming that's about how old i was when they had that car that's charming i'll go with that that's a charming that's an example of charming i haven't had one yet in my life sure you have Charming? Yeah. 
It would just wreck your image. Charming. Yes. Nobody associates charming with PK. Right. That's because as they you associate. Say, yeah, but that's not just image. You about have to the build athletes, it. you put the part out there that you want people to consume. Because who wants their whole life out there? Literally zero people want their whole life out there. Some Hollywood folk do. No, they don't want their whole life out there. They still hold on to something. Card- Kim Kardashian. She didn't hold on to that, <laughs> but she held on to something. <laughs> what in the world is she holding on to? I don't know, but she's holding on to something. <laughs> of course, we wouldn't know it. It makes sense. Right. Because if we knew it, then we would know it. And so there's got to be something because we don't know it. So exactly. I, I get your point. Right. I, I disagree with it, but I get your point. I think some pe- if you can make money off of being charming. She made $17 million off wedding pictures. Her wedding, what, that marriage lasted a solid six weeks before she dumped Chris Humphreys. She got famous because of a sex tape. So she, you're right. She put a lot more out there than most people. What's going to make you charming? What's going to be charming this fall? Is it simply for Utah just to beat BYU? Or not the other way around, I mean, for have BYU beat Utah? Is that the charm? If you can do, have, I, I'll grant you one charming wish for the rest of the calendar year. And you get one wish, sports-wise. What's it going to be? This will be a reach because it probably won't happen. But if the Utes were to go undefeated. Yeah. Wouldn't it feel more, isn't this more big-time football? Wouldn't you look back at 04 and say, the fans are kind of naive, it was charming, it was a different era? Yeah, excellent example, yes. Whereas yes. this yes. would be, this is Power 5 football, yes. Yes. they build a building that yeah. Yeah. I guess they needed, I guess, but even they referred to it as a Death Star, even they thought it was over the top as they built well, it. Well, just to keep up, but yeah, I got right. you. Yeah, if you compare today what the Utes are trying to do this year and embark on that versus what they did, that does seem kind of innocent in 2004. It's like they were this little team. They were a funky little cute story. Coming out of a league that no one really paid attention to nationally. But now it's it's just cutthroat. It's big boy. And there's really... If the Utes go to the Rose Bowl, it would be obviously extremely memorable, but there would be nothing charming about it. But isn't that, uh, you, know, you always tell the story about Chris Hill and Liz, Liz Abel, and everybody knows Chris, but not that many people know Liz, but she did PR forever. It's weird to go up to football this year, and she's not there, because she's literally been there every year you and I had gone up to Utah football practice. Yeah. But you tell that story about them in the press box at ASU, just beaming as 50,000 people in red blow into the stadium. Mm -hmm. You know, this team, this league can't be in the big time because you're not big time, but when 50,000 people drive to another state to Mm -hmm. watch you Mm -hmm. annihilate some team that's considered big time, even if they aren't, but they're considered that, that was kind of like a little It was the ultimate coming of age, and you can only come of age once. Right. They came of age then. This year, I guess to a degree you can come of age in the conference, but even that, no, I don't. I, the the charming aspect will only be two thousand four. It'll never be repeated. DJ and PK, it's ninety seven five and twelve eighty the zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top sixty and sixty. 
as we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see you on Fox. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're counting down from 100 all the way down to game night. The rivalry game, the 100th BYU-Utah rivalry game. We're two weeks out. Nice, easy number to figure now. 14. That was hard work when we were back in the 80s and 90s, Jacques. I don't know what we were doing. Now it's easy. 14 days to go. The number 14 figures into the rivalry because... Well, Lavelle Edwards had two of his quarterback factory standout quarterbacks were the number 14 in their career. Speaking of now 14. elder Gifford Nilsson and Ty Detmer. Detmer were 14? Yes, he did. Do you know what their record combined against the University of Utah was? Uh, in seasons where they were starting quarterbacks, I guess you should say. 5-0. and 6-1. Oh. and one. I have no idea on Gifford. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I had no clue. Gifford was undefeated. Ty lost in the first game he played. He was a oh, freshman did. in 1988 when Scott Mitchell. He won because oh, okay. he won the starting job in the middle of his freshman year. Middle freshman so year. he got a fourth game because exactly. I always think of him as a three-year starter, yeah. but three-year full-time starter. Right. So six and one, number 14s for BYU against Utah. So it was Ty's freshman year that Scott Mitchell. That came. Scott Mitchell went nuts in mm-hmm. 50s. Whatever, yeah. BYU okay. paid it back with a 70 to 31 route. Ooh. What was the aggregates? Because that's what we got to do. You know, we're the aggregates were soccer. I'll let me give you that. I'll, I'll tally that up. Because I'm wondering if you can't do that math. In your did head. they pile it on the next three years? Obviously, they're scoring 70 the next year. And that would have been 88. Would it have been 98 88? It was 88 89. Oh, okay. What so. was 88 89? His so- freshman year was 88. Freshman year was 88. Sophomore year was 89. Yes. I was so talking then, about the cumulative score. I think it was yeah, 98 yeah. to 88. Then nine, I'm doing math on the radio. That always fails. So 90 was his junior and 91 was his senior. Correct. And BYU's score lines in those games. So they lost 57 to 28 his freshman year. Responded with a 70 to 31 thrashing, followed by a 45 to 22 blowout and a 48 to 17 blowout to send him out on a high note. Yeah, so he, he, he won overall. Losing, winning three out of four is pretty good. You're winning three out of four against your rival. That, that's really good, actually. Gifford Nilsson in the three games, three years, he was a quarterback. It was 51-20, 34-12, and 38-88. The th- 38-8, sorry. We should see who has the biggest scoring differential of all those great quarterbacks against Utah. I mean, we're <laughs> reaching here. <laughs> because I don't we, think we should do that. We got nothing for you these last eight, nine years. Because they haven't won since uh, Max Hall. What did Max go? Because he was a three-year starter, right? Did he go two and one? Two and one, I believe, yeah. Yeah. So he won, lost one. Right. Correct. Then he said some stuff his senior year. He had a few thoughts on the matter. Yeah. You really want me to go into it? 
I didn't. But I looked around and like other other people were saying <laughs> that yeah. would have been a great thing. Yeah. I don't, but all these other schmoes right, do. Right. PK, come on. So I had to take one for the team. Because when he looked at me, he says, Do you really want me to go into it? I wanted to say, No, I don't, for the preservation of the purity of the rivalry. <laughs> the purity of the rivalry. What is that? See, when he said, because I like to think you know, it's a nice rivalry, mm-hmm. but when he said what he said. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going. Where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> it was charming. No, 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 no. It was not charming. That's the impurity of the rivalry. Darn. Although, if you, if you rank the impurity of the rivalry, where does that rank? A player popping off like that in the heat of the moment. I mean, we're now, what, 10 years later? Is it that big of a deal? Versus uh, tearing, trying to tear each other's goalposts down, the pushing and shoving on the field in 93. Certainly any physical violence right. the, supersedes uh, that, the cheerleader and the fan. The, I mean, the, even in the moment, the pumping my gas line, that one made both coaches laugh. They both thought that was hysterical and over the top. Neither one of them took that very seriously. Was that said before or after? I think it was after the first 34-31 game. It was. So it was said in frustration of a loss. And I think in frustration, not only frustration of a loss, but um, that was the year there was the pushing and shoving on the field. Because you tried to tear down the goalposts in the south, or excuse me, in the north, north end, end zone, zone in Provo. Because they won that game down at BYU. And it was the first time they'd won there in a long time. I think since the 70s. Now, my first year really had no knowledge of the rivalry whatsoever. It didn't mean anything oh, yeah, to me. that was your first rivalry game. Yeah. yeah. This is my second, so. so. And I didn't have much experience with it whatsoever. I wasn't following Utah. At least you came in with some degree of knowledge of Utah because you said Yeah, but, I, but I'm with you a lot less. I mean, they really yeah. were anonymous in that era. Right. I literally knew nothing. Right. Zero. I had never, never seen them play one second. They never, never on ever any games on TV, any highlights, nothing. Right. Zero and BYU was on TV, seemed like every week, and you always knew who their quarterback was. If not somebody, he was going to throw a dump off pass to somebody named Bellini. <laughs> <laughs> seemed like there were nine of them. Check down. <laughs> there you go, Matt. <laughs> and a dude who would line up in the backfield with his hands on his knees, and then do a little. Uh, you know, circle right out of the a backfield. Chip block. Just, yeah, a chip and block. Just, and either yeah. circle right over the middle yeah. or he'd flare out and uh, yeah. Yeah. And, I, then, I, and then he'd make a guy miss. A linebacker always. Right. Miss. I don't remember their always. first names, but I just remember, oh, he's throwing it to Bellini. Bellini and Doman. <laughs> <laughs> on and on and on. These Bellini people. <laughs> the Bellini people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I didn't follow much of BYU, but now, you knew of that. Now National Geographic presents Patrick <laughs> Kinahan and the Bellini people. Yeah. You knew of that. But you knew squat about Utah. Absolutely nothing. The Bellini people were foragers. The transformation is just remarkable. I mean, we're going 30 years now, so it's over a big, long span of time. But still, it is remarkable. And I'm sure to folks who are 60 years old, it must be extremely remarkable because they remember, or 50 or 40, what have you, they remember their team not being much, and now it's all that. And, of course, it's all that once you got some BYU people into your program. Aha! The key. Yeah. (laughs) Which really actually makes sense because winning programs should have their guys go other places 
and create winning programs elsewhere. Yes, and that is how it works. It's hard to figure out how to win out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. If you follow coaching trees back, you follow like people who win in the NFL, you track them back to people who win in the NFL. Yeah. And it just keeps going decade after decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.